Welcome to Seeing Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Pivoli, Staff Actuary Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. With an increased focus on mental health in the workplace, there is greater recognition of how psychological research can help identify barriers to productivity. Today, we'd like to spend a few minutes discussing the concept of imposter syndrome and how it could affect those of us in the actuarial profession. We are joined by organizational psychologist Justin Dionorine and CIA member Lisa Bulduk, who specializes in human resource management. Thank you both for joining us today. It's a pleasure. pleasure to be here. So, Justin, we'll start with you. Just to kick things off, can you define what do we mean by imposter syndrome? Yeah, for sure. Imposter syndrome is a very specific feeling, a very specific thought pattern. So it's essentially the fear of being exposed as a fraud. And it's an internal feeling. So even though you may not actually be a fraud. For example, you may actually be competent. All the external evidence shows that you are success, that you are deserving of success. Internally, you feel like you're a fraud and there's a fear of being exposed accordingly. People with imposter syndrome typically don't feel like they deserve their success. They attribute it to luck. There's also the feelings of they're actually living in someone else's life. Uh, And that's where the term imposter comes from, that this isn't actually me. This is all pure luck or someone else's success, and it's all being attributed to me. And now I need to cover up the fact that I'm, I'm afraid that I'll be exposed for being an imposter. So to me, that sounds like it might just be a lack of confidence. Are we just talking about that or is this something more complex? It's actually a little bit more complex. So when we dig into the psychological research, imposter syndrome doesn't quite link with low self-esteem or low self-confidence, as many would think. It's actually really interesting what research suggests is that imposter syndrome is more closely related to perfectionism than it is to lack of confidence. What's really interesting is it, it is more complex. It's associated with feelings such as not wanting to fail, which is where you start to get the perfectionism, feeling like a fake, luck is an explanation, and people with imposter syndrome tend to downplay their success. It isn't a big deal. So when you look at the thought patterns that someone with imposter syndrome has, it's actually more like an anxiety or depression than lack of confidence, and it's more closely associated with perfectionism or perfectionistic tendencies. Turning to Lisa now, what are some of the potential barriers you see for actuaries that may find themselves in this situation, especially those that are just newly qualified? What suggestions do you have for them to address this problem? Well, as we can imagine, anyone getting qualified or reaching a new step in their field can face a certain level of doubt. But as Justin mentioned, imposter syndrome is really at a a different level. So it's not just an isolated personal struggle. It really can create significant barriers that, that hold us back from reaching our full potential especially as it tends to work in a vicious circle, like examples of barriers I would see is is that first you doubt your abilities to a point where you constantly fear failure, prevents you from taking on new challenges, even sharing your ideas, uh, seeking leadership roles, you come to procrastination. We talked about perfectionism already, so it definitely can hinder productivity and performance, which in turn can also limit your career growth opportunities and make you feel even more like an imposter. 
it can also have an impact on your relationships um, with others. You know, we, uh, and you may struggle building healthy relationships or feel isolated, which in turn can also lead to self-doubt and perpetuate the, uh, that cycle of feeling like an imposter. I like to say that that feedback is your friend, but as a barrier, having imposter syndrome, when you already feel like you're not competent enough or you're an imposter, it can become very challenging to accept feedback, even constructive criticism, because you may see it as a confirmation, actually, of your perceived incompetence. So as we know, being open to feedback is essential for, well, whatever stage of your career, but especially for newly qualified actuaries, it can definitely impact how you can grow and improve your, your skills. So, And we've talked already about barriers and impact on, on mental health, causing stress, anxiety, etc. So now on the other end, what can we do to address this? Um, of course, it's complex. Uh, there's no single quick fix. I do hope, Justin, that you have some uh, tricks for us, uh, recommendations, but there's definitely a combination of, of several elements that I think can help overcome it. The first one being actually recognizing that it's common experience, uh, especially when transitioning from a stage of, of learning to a stage where you have increased responsibilities. You know, you, you work alongside peers that are more knowledgeable, have much longer and successful track record than you do. It's okay. It's normal. Understanding your thought patterns, like what Justin uh, described a bit earlier, it allows us really to challenge our negative thoughts and replace them with, with positive affirmations. But I would really put the emphasis on seeking the support from others. It's really crucial in overcoming uh, imposter syndrome, whether it's speaking uh, with a trusted mentor, a coach, or even a therapist uh, who can provide guidance and help us navigate the challenge we're facing. Mentors can really help new actuaries build confidence, uh, providing opportunities also for them to take on new challenges, responsibilities, helping them set achievable goals and really providing feedback, support, help them see their own potential and actually build a sense of accomplishment. Also, I would add mentors really help when they share their own experience of how and when they overcame their doubts and their failure. We talked about fear of failure a bit earlier. It's important that we have that authenticity, that humble leadership of sharing our own experience to help others learn and, and, and overcome their imposter syndrome. Hey, and Justin, I believe there's some recently released research that deals with the topic of overcoming imposter syndrome. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, and thank you, Lisa. There's some great advice in there and actually quite a bit of overlapping. What I noticed is I read through psychology today a lot and a new article just came out 2023, March 10th. And there was, was speaking about imposter syndrome and it had some advice on how to overcome imposter syndrome. To Lisa's point around getting that feedback, listening to that feedback, especially the positive feedback. One of the challenges with imposter syndrome is that you can tend to, as Lisa alluded to, tend to focus on the negatives, tend to focus on the critical feedback as confirmation. What it's harder to accept is the positive feedback. And one thing that to keep in mind is that the positive feedback that you get, the praise is typically genuine. They're not being nice for the sake of being nice. They're giving you that positive feedback because you've actually legitimately done a good job or a great job, or you were legitimately successful. Lisa also mentioned around gathering some evidence towards your own success. So successes, accomplishments. One thing that's recommended is to actually look back and reflect on your previous successes and do this as a almost a preventative measure by doing this on a regular basis. 
Imposter syndrome is, is often associated with fear of the future. So considering your past successes and reflecting on them, celebrating them, even in a small way, helps you build that evidence that you are deserving, that you are not a fraud. And even if you're not quite there in terms of imposter syndrome, those self-doubts, this can help build up against those self-doubts. The third one, which was actually really, really, really powerful, and, and this is some of the newer, the newer information, is one of the recommendations is to reframe your doubts as a strength. So one of the things that happens with somebody who has imposter syndrome is they are more likely to say, I don't know, when they don't know. And this is an advantage. Being authentic, being honest, showing humility. Humility is seen very positively. It helps you build relationships, helps you build uh, authentic relationships. So being open to saying, I don't know, when you don't know, is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of humility. It's a sign of honesty. That uncertainty uh, and self-doubt is, is actually part of the learning process. So believing in your ability to learn, being open to saying, I don't know, and being open to learning and believing in your ability to pick up new things, this all becomes, a, a reframes imposter syndrome as a strength rather than a challenge. Okay, well, thinking about this, I'm wondering if we sometimes have the opposite problem where somebody goes to take on an assignment that they know they're not qualified to do, but they do it anyway. So is this some sort of syndrome or is this just a different behavior? Yeah, uh, it's really interesting because uh, different people define it in different ways, perhaps overconfidence or lack of self-awareness. When I think about the opposite of imposter syndrome, when you, you start digging into what has been theorized, the closest thing is not actually a syndrome, but an effect called the Dunning-Kruger effect. We may be a little bit more familiar with Dunning-Kruger because it's come up a little bit more often throughout the pandemic, but it's essentially when one overestimates their ability or their knowledge because they don't know what they don't know. So they're unable to distinguish between perhaps a good performance and a bad performance because they don't know what they don't know walking into that situation. So they don't know what success would actually be. So when you take that Dunning-Kruger effect and apply it a little bit more broadly, when someone overestimates their own skills, knowledge, and achievements, that would be the opposite of imposter syndrome. Okay, interesting. So Lisa, turning back to you, do you have any thoughts on how actuaries can find the right balance between knowing what they're qualified to do and what they aren't qualified to do? And uh, what are some ways that they can effectively move into new responsibilities and practices where they don't have that experience behind them necessarily? I guess the balance we're, we're looking for is what I call being a confidently humble, where you have that confidence, but you're also conscious that you don't know everything, like, like Justin uh, just just described and uh, that it's okay to say that you don't know. So it's really important to be proactive in identifying the, the, the areas where you might need additional support or training. We talked already about asking, you know, getting feedback from colleagues, taking the time to attend uh, training sessions, even conducting research on your own, but really emphasize the, the roles of the, uh, again, of the manager or the mentors, making sure that 
there are clear expectations also from an actuary, a young actuary's perspective on what is their sandbox and what support that is available to them. And it requires, I guess, in both ways, you know, that the employee be authentic and about it, as Justin just described, but also a few words to the managers out there to be proactive. Uh, your role is crucial for creating that, that positive and productive work environment that supports employees that might be facing imposter syndrome. So w- whether it's true encouraging your employees, um, be, be advocate for them, speak up on their behalf, make sure that they have the resources and support they need to succeed, opportunities, also leading by example and having that clear communications on, on, on feedback, expectations. And I would end on a, I guess, on a, on a high note to, to remind managers to celebrate the achievements of your employees. And no matter how small they may seem, it can go a long way to build that, that confidence and help your employees grow and get away from that imposter syndrome. That sounds like good advice. Well, thanks to both of you for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Justin. If you enjoyed today's conversation, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast series and catch up on prior episodes. As well, if you have ideas for a future episode or you would like to contribute to our Seeing Beyond Risk blog, we would love to hear from you. Contact information can be found in the show description. Until next time, I'm Chris Fiboli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.